bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Mr. Brian Brushwood. Heck yeah. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hey. So, man, I'm watching some YouTube videos. As I watch YouTube, don't judge me. It's a new thing. You should check it out. You, YouTube? And, uh, Is that like my boot? So bold. That's like my favorite well, indie band. Y-O-U-T-U-B-E. Okay. W-H-Y do you. Yeah. Dot com. H-T-T-P-S. Colon. What is S? Slash. Is it a forward slash or a backward slash? I mean, just... Just so you know, like of the three of us, you're the only one who could tap out on this bit because Bryce and I are very accustomed to keeping this alive for 90 minutes straight. Okay. Uh, so uh, this YouTube thing and uh, a commercial popped up and, and I went to go click fast forward, but it was, it was funny. I stopped because it was like in a, it was like English dubbed into like other actors. And it was sort of like this kind of poorly sort of dubbed sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm watching. Um, uh, you know, some Netflix, you know, German movie or something like this. So I was strangely fascinated and it was kind of bizarre. And a person's going like, what would you bring with you if you could travel back in time? You know, and then the animation player playing a video game and animation takes on. So I bring a gun and then somebody gets run over. <laughs> they show a cartoon of a guy getting run over by a knife, even though he has a gun and stuff. Like I bring a lighter and the cartoon of this woman getting burned at stake using her own lighter. I'm like, well, this is weird. And this guy goes, I bring the book. The, the good book? The book. This is the book. And I'm like, okay. You got me hooked. I'm the cynic. And I just, never. I, I swear. If, 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 just, just please allow me for three seconds to fantasize that the guy is Steve Gutenberg. And he's acting like the he's book. trying to do a Kickstarter <laughs> to bring the book back to before 1640 or whenever. It hey was. there, Surfstarter. <laughs> I've got an idea for movable type. Surfstarter? You mean Johannes? Like Johannes Gutenberg or Steve Gutenberg, the actor? No, I meant Steve Gutenberg, the actor. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Okay, Which all right, makes right, it so cool. much better. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, I won't like, say like, which like, book it is, like, but it's pretty important. Wink. He winks both eyes. So I'm like, uh, and they had a link, and I went to go click on the link because it was a Kickstarter project. I'm like, okay, all right color me interested and i go cut and find it then i had to do all sorts of searching to find it which was like well that wasn't very effective advertising then i go and uh, uh oh okay this is my favorite moment where two out of three hosts oh my God. have seen what 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 a thing is i'm still stuck on steve gutenberg asking for money for yeah. a time machine to go back to bring his gutenberg bible to a, to an earlier era sure. <laughs> so uh i'm like i'm like man how cool would it be if it was like a mormon thing a scientology thing or something else like this any what of the is, cool religions <laughs> actually this is a book about a crazily illustrated book called the ultimate guide to rebuilding a civilization a 400 page book all about 
how you would try to how technology works, how you'd rebuild stuff in sort of this crazy, whimsical kind of way. Okay. Mm. Now, I am certain that there will be a twist where I will not pledge my undying love to this. But as an idea, this is quite literally something I've thought way too long about. Like, really? Like, 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 mm-hmm. well, like, like if you're going to teleport, uh, there was a... How many of those shirts do you own where it's like, this is the only shirt. If I go back in time, I only need this shirt. And it's got like the polio vaccine and all that. Other- uh, uh, I plead the fifth. But more importantly, <laughs> like it was the... Uh, uh, the Ben Stiller show had a segment, uh, uh, a sketch called like a B plus or B minus history student or whatever. Mm. It was somebody who traveled back in time, but barely remembered anything about history. <laughs> and so it's, so it's Janine Groffalo saying like, you're crossing a river and you look very stern. And he's like, why? She's like, tra- tra- traffic. I think, I don't know. I I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's beautifully illustrated, what have you. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Expensive. Go on. How much do you think they've raised so far? How uh, do I get to well, ask how? When, when you say expensive, what I hear is 100 to $150. If it's bespoke and nice, I could, I could see it doing well. Maybe, maybe upwards of a million. It's $89. The book is $90. Okay. For the level yeah. one. $90. That for, yeah. Okay. That tracks. Yeah. I, I think you're, 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 you guess. It has raised over two. If the pledged goal, the goal was $8,000. Mm-hmm. $8,000 probably afford to be able to afford to do a press run or whatever to start a press run. $2.1 million. That's great. It's, Isn't it? um, well, it's it's double great because it's it's a simple idea. Like, yes, the artifact itself is a thing you put on your coffee table or whatever. But the story is you're about to teleport yourself back in, into the past and every page you go through. For example, like I remember being in sixth, seventh grade and getting the uh, the space shuttle instruction manual. You know, which, uh, as far as I know, is not the official NASA space shuttle instruction. You didn't go out and build your own <laughs> space shuttle. Yeah, I mean, but 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 the, the the that fantasy. I mean, there's there's power in that. Um, I dug it a lot, and and the idea of like the time traveler's handbook, I I think is wonderful. Yeah, I think it's just a. It looks beautifully illustrated. Again, I think it was the goofy commercial got me in, and then. I went to go look at this and I'm like, oh, this is really beautiful. You know, this is this is a, you know, this is a passion project, a very, very well-planned, very well-implemented one. And I, you know, I like this. And the fact that this artist was able to put together a book, you know, and to raise a non-insignificant amount of money was just, I think, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And it's I'm, like, like, it's a cough, like, like, uh, I don't know, you can, you, I, I listened to a podcast all about criticizing Kickstarters. And I think the like, it's a coffee table book, like, whatever, it's goofy. And, and I don't, I, I mean, maybe there are prepper people out there who are like, I'm going to rebuild society with this book after we're all in the nuclear holocaust, whatever. Uh, but I think it's, it's really well made. And I think it's a, it's a, 
an interesting take on kind of that idea. I mean, I, I was joking you about that shirt, but I sh- I've seen that shirt a lot. Some people really love that shirt. Um, and <laughs> and they're all wearing it as insurance, just in case today's the day. Just right? in case I get black knighted. No, but 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 it's one of those things where it's like, um, uh, no, nobody believes it's actually useful, but all of us really dig indulging in the fantasy of maybe this is the moment let me just review all of this and what you're really doing is you know getting those those brief aha moments delivered in a page by page aspect with uh, gorgeous illustrations and so on yeah yeah it's not really it's just yeah the, the goal is you know the goal is to hey let's write let put together a really cool it's an illustr it's a beautifully illustrated from the intents of it sort of thing i love i dug that i thought like I really liked the fact of what this was, was a guy was able to raise, you know, and as you know, Kickstarters, you see the big number and then you, you have friends who do Kickstarters and like everybody sees the big number and thinks we're millionaires now. And it's like, they always have to make a product and ship a thing and do all this other stuff. Yeah. But still, I could see, I can imagine a world pre-Kickstarter where, you know, an artist, you know, a good artist who has the wonderful illustrations and have this wonderful thing and wants to do something with it and has to convince publishers to go all in on it. I don't know who published it. might be a publisher put this thing out, but it was a publisher was able to take a risk on it because it was Kickstarter. You know, it, it made an amazing thing possible. It is worth, given that in After Things, we talk about like uh, ideas for the independent creator, uh, the mere fact that this has succeeded. So let's say whatever comes next, that'll be a pale imitation of this, is only going to make half the amount of money. What are some of the different second places that are going to be available everything from you know the 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 1000 years ahead go you can go to the future or go to you know i don't know a different dimension or alternate history or you know like like the same thing that that idea of the guide for just in case crazy sci-fi trope happens you know like like the guide did not rebuild civilization uh, it's all the it's all the bad inventions over the years or uh, oh really i don't know (laughs) well okay oh no no no. i mean i thought you were i thought you were throwing shade oh no 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 no. (laughs) that's a great idea but but, and and likewise uh the guide to first contact with aliens you know here's how you would establish you know a, a common language of 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 you know numbers and you know what's hydrogen and how do you represent pi and all that stuff yeah, I mean, again, the point is it's an art book. It's not, you know, the premise is just, it's a, it's a fun premise. The point is it's a beautiful collection of art. It's really about the illustrations. And it's a neat, it's just neat that, you know, you could do, Brian could do Brian's Guide to Art, you know, Monsters and, you know, a, a monster, whatever kind of, the idea that there is this really cool, you know, there's this vehicle. We've watched our friends, we watch people like Justin do stuff and watch you do Indiegogo. And, you know, I watch my friends with the Magic Puzzle Company do the most successful puzzle in Kickstarter history with $3 million in sales. Um, and I love this, ver- I love this part of the world we live in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you had this idea, you would take it to a publisher and try to convince someone, you know, Hey, you make coffee table books here, here are all of our illustrations or our plans for illustrations. And, and, um, and then you kind of hope that you get worked into that machine and you get, you know, advertising or, or any sort of publicity. I mean, you, f- you found this on a, on a YouTube video, uh, uh you know, ca- uh, commercial, right. An ad. Mm. Um, uh, and, and now I think, especially on social media where, where people are more emboldened to sell things online, 
uh, I mean, I see, I, I, I don't know, I'm on Instagram a little bit more lately and I see the types of ads for like commodities, right? Like I get a lot of ads for beds on, on Instagram and also those ads work. I need a new bed. Um, but uh, it's not, it's not Serta. It's not, uh, Sealy. It's not the big names. It's like people who, who are emboldened to do their own thing or their own type of design stuff. Yeah. It's like, and, and Brian, you know, you talk extensively about this, but it is, it's the idea that it used to be, what does it take to be successful? It takes work. It takes luck. Now it's, it takes work and it takes luck. Still need luck. But man, does, you can go a lot further with work. Yeah. And, and more importantly, um, uh, man, story matters. Story matters just outrageously. You, you think about the simplicity of a story of, of everything from like, uh, uh, you know, Casper mattresses, we mentioned mattresses, uh, uh, specifically talks about like, uh, you're going to get a box. You're not going to believe that we fit a mattress in that box. You're going to see a magic trick. It's going to mm -hmm. be great. And as best I could tell, they seem to deliver on that promise, right? Like, and they compete on price, right? Like, it's also cheaper than the big name brands or anything in the big stores, right? Or, or a Dollar Shave Club. It's like, uh, you know, what if somebody just, you know, had no f words to give and decided to, you know, enable everybody to have a clean shaven face for a dollar a month or whatever? I, you know, I, I don't know if I've talked to you about the the version of story that I've experienced. I had a conversation with a friend who's writing a nonfiction book and they've written before and they've never had like a huge success or whatever and i said well what's the book about and he explained to me the book and he's a smart guy he's a really smart guy and i said if i asked your wife with a book and he gave me this this couple paragraph description i said you have a problem is what's that i said if i asked your wife to describe your book what would she say and he stopped he thought it's like i don't know so that's the problem how will books books sell because you have to compress that narrative of what it's about there has to be can be versions of it but it has to be a sentence harry potter boy goes to school for witchcraft and and, and, and and this maybe we we might be about to diverge into a different direction but i i often tell people a a good story full stop if it's a good movie it's a good book if it's a good book it's a good short story if it's a good sto short story it's a good tweet like like if you can't get it down to a tweet it, yeah, and and beyond that, like I was, I was fussing with with my daughter, and I'm like uh, a noun, a verb, and an adjective. Uh, God dies elegantly, like that. That could be a, a four book, multi movie, yeah. trans, you know, formative story. Eventually, and if I could expand on that, though, I'd say that it the whole thing doesn't have to be reduced down to it. An enjoyable aspect of it, at least. You know, because you can Pardon. say, like, the, the magic of Harry Potter really isn't this boy goes to a school for witchcraft and wizardy. It's a boy and his friends in this world. But that's harder for people to hook into, necessarily. It's sure. why we love it. It's, it's sure. why the new Star Wars films suck. But, but yeah, I'd say, like, you could just say, like, yes, but, but, some but part you, of it. Exactly. The, the, of it, yeah. the, the, the some part of it is, like, like yeah. eventually it's it, you could take a piece of it and reduce it to boy yep. discovers real magic or whatever, you know, like uh, yeah. boy discovers magic. Version, yeah, and you could, like, Potter has a couple different versions. Like, that's the thing. It's, like, really, really super viral stuff. There's eight different ways you could describe You could You could distill it. And you go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Oh, wow, it's really cool. Like, why do we love Star Wars? It's like, 
you know, it's like, cause it's, there's the Leia perspective, the Han Solo perspective, the Luke perspective, all yeah. of these different sort of things you can narrow it down, but and it, then it, you blow it up. And also, and you're like, holy cow. So yeah. And I think that's, I think about that a lot with books now. Like why, if I look like, why did this book not do, why did this thing not do better? It's like, was it memeable? You could not describe it in a thing. And sometimes things can succeed out of sheer brute force over time, over time, over time. People just see it, you know, enough time people talk about it. It's hard with publishing because publishing, you have this window and you're gone. Theatrical movies, you got a couple weeks, poof, you're gone. Yeah, like, for example, um, like, I, I think about, like, a, specifically going back to the Kickstarter type of thing where it's like uh, uh, the idea of, of uh, time travel on your coffee table, you know, essentially three thoughts or or a puzzle uh, that is magical or, or I, 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 I think you can reduce everything at its core to a very, very simple idea. I know that um, uh, Scam School, you know, in, in its original incarnation was um, a, 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 a you know, be popular at the bar or whatever. Uh, or likewise, you know, uh, uh, Rogue, uh, Gentleman Warrior Scoundrel Quest. Or, yeah. I don't know how you would reduce it in a three I, I, Yeah, but I mean, I guess the, the thing I've seen is that, like, there's a version that gets people's interest, and then there's a version that becomes the thing. The thing, the hook, the hook can be, you know, be popular at the bar. Great, I'm going to go read the game. No, no, no. I'm talking about scam school. You know, right. like be popular, and, and but either one, okay. Somebody who wants that is interested, but it's like my I I argue like if people ask me about like oh what about the ring theory of writing or story I'm like they're all garbage because they've reduced a thing to it's like the hero myth like the hero myth is it's one of the biggest pieces of BS put on writers ever and people write really Ooh, bad stuff. Because, hold on, I would like to subscribe to your newsletter and I would like it within three to five minutes right now. What was the ring theory and why is the 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 man with the thousand faces the hero with the thousand faces bullshit? Sorry, I you can't you, you because you whenever you try to name a great work that follows that pattern, the thing it's great really isn't because it follows that pattern. The hero, like we, you look at the original Star Wars and people go, oh, it's the journey of Luke Skywalker. No, it's the journey of three friends, three friends and ancillary characters. Luke's story is one part of it, but it's the first 20% of the story is either about Luke Skywalker, R2-D2 is the protagonist, dot, 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 dot. All these other things happen. Luke, you know, Empire Strikes Back does not follow the hero's journey, and it's the greatest of all Star Wars films, maybe the greatest movie of all time. It's a complex sort of story about what goes on, and it's a war movie. It's just... We we think the thing is that we think we get the payoff. If you tried to write Star Wars based entirely upon, oh, yeah, force this and you, you all you do is a hero of a thousand faces, you would write every bad version of Star Wars or Star knockoff that we've had ever since because it misses everything that makes it great, which is the dynamics, the character, the relationship of the characters, I guess, the, char right. the journey mm -hmm. of the multiple people there. It's why the new Star Wars movie stuck because it's like, oh, well, Ray's going to follow this journey. Yes, and have no interaction. There's no friendship. Is there? Why is Star Trek great? Why is Harry Potter great? Why is Star Wars great? Why is like Lord of the Rings great? It's a relationship of a group of people. Character dynamics. Sometimes a trinity, sometimes ancillary characters, sometimes a duo, but a group of people in this really fantastical situation. The bond we we as humans as primates, like I want to have friends. I want. It's not just my relationship to the world; it's my relationship to the people around you. And if there's not a relationship to the people around you, it's just world building.
Mm. In my theory. Speaking of which, uh, have, have, have we talked in a hot minute on this program about The Mandalorian season one versus season two? Like, Can't imagine like, there's a, no, no, but I would like to hear your theories on this. Well, uh, somebody somebody came from Chicago on Twitter, called me out rightly, uh, saying that what I loved about season one was how harsh the world was. And what I wanted was more tenderness between. Um, in this harsh world, uh, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, and then season two delivered the exact thing I wanted, but in a monkey paw wish, did it at the expense of making the world seem like it had very nasty teeth, and that's why I I somehow didn't like the second season as much as the first season. So, um, uh, I don't know. We we, we hadn't really spoken a, 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 too much about that world. My my take on season two is it was a lot more even than season one as far as quality. It was a much more even tempo for quality. Season one, there were episodes that were really cringy from really bad writing, and there were really some great ones. It was a bit all over the place. Season two, I thought, had a better thing, but there is a monotonous story storylines like video game levels without the other new without the ancillary stuff there's so many times i go here like i would like it if there was something else for me to care about or if there was another complication here and there's not and so it's a linear you need to get a thing to get the thing i got the thing great here's the thing so much that and the problem is is like you can take that plot can work fine if you're making a film like a western or something that's spaced a couple of years apart from other westerns that are like that but in every episode to use that sort of Western plot line becomes problematic. Um, and there are things are, and I don't want to knock it, but like, like I go like, it's no Witcher. Like I love the Witcher. If, if, if the level of writing that was in the Witcher was in Mandalorian, Mandalorian would be game of Thrones. It would be the most epic thing ever, but the writing is not, it's not that solid to me, not horrible, but it drags and it's repetitive. What about you, Bryce? I still haven't seen one frame of The Mandalorian, so I uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't really compare the two seasons. Smart man. <laughs> I'm, it I'm turns out it. you're vaccinated. <laughs> I'm vaccinated. I'll get well, a little bad. Brian, on, on my take, I mean, what's your thought? Uh, uh, I, I, I think that uh, uh, Kim from Chicago was right. I think that uh, I like worlds with real consequences. I like knowing that there's no net i like that i'm genuinely afraid for characters for getting killed or whatever mm -hmm. but at the same time i also like um i thought they sort of uh, uh tiptoed around any genuine relationship between uh din Djarin and 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 grogu which well, <laughs> nobody knows those words yes. uh but and, uh, uh, i i would have i would have uh Eventually, where we got in our Twitter back and forth is, in general, I just want to see the contrast turned up. I want to see, um, uh, much like you got uh, from Roland of Gilead in The Dark Tower with Jake of New York, um, you got this sort of dropping of all pretense, arms around, tears flowing down, I love you, I love you too, moment. And it's powerful because it's against the backdrop of a truly horrific, awful, decaying universe. And, and I think that that 
I'm not going to say they should or should not have done that because obviously what they're doing is working great. But I will say that that does seem to be where my taste palate wants to land. So I'll give you an example, like how applying what I said to that. There is an episode where he's in a perilous situation and certain forces rescue him. And you're like, okay, cool. Two minutes later, he's in a perilous situation and we don't even get a breath or a beat or anything. And forces come in and rescue him again. And, and I'm like, this is the problem. There is no pacing. There is nothing for me to fear. There is nothing for me to go, oh, no, what's going to happen next? And then because it's just it jumps to that. It's just no buildup. And I've seen that a lot of times where you could get that darkness and that depth there, even by taking the storylines they have here and just tweaking them a bit by saying, no, we've got to make this a really what the F moment or something bad could happen, whatever. But it just short circuits. It just jumps to the next scene before we have anything in there. And like the, the final episode, besides the horrific CGI, the god-awful CGI that could have been fixed in 24 hours using deep fake, it's an embarrassment, an embarrassment that that got released. I wasn't excited about that final moment because it felt like a video game cutscene. <laughs> uh not talking about that episode, there was definitely another episode where by the numbers, you could, in a court of law, say, Brian, uh, I hereby sentence you to uh, uh, heresy because by the numbers, this has everything that you said you wanted. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't make me feel it. And then, and then I saw who the director was and suddenly I had an epiphany and I was like, oh, I that matters. That yeah. matters. Pacing, turns teasing, out, all that out stuff. You can make you can make seven thousand dollars look like seven million, and you can make seven million look like seven thousand. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And now we move on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome thing. Um, <laughs> I I was going. Why am I seeing lens distortions? Why am I seeing the same three stormtroopers killed over and over and over again? Why this is like I'm like this was like I'm like a summer card. This is like everything that was cool and no longer cool about 90s action movies that like we realized that there are better ways to it was and then I got da 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 and I'm like, well now I know. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I, like I definitely had that moment. I had there, there there was definitely I had it oh. I had it, yes. Uh uh real real phenomenon. Uh but all of which is to say uh, it sounds to me like uh you and I appear to be aligned in that we preferred season one over season two question mark i i don't know that i have a choice i mean i would say that i like the consistency of season two i felt like more happened in season one though you know more of an escalation uh i felt like season two at least we felt like we kind of saw different places i would say yeah i'd say season one had more variety which i liked yeah felt more real the world yeah and i just got the end of the final episode with <laughs> such i couldn't you don't understand it's like i mean you understand i i oh. <laughs> I, I i i have a more complicated relationship in that on paper like if i wrote down everything me reading the extended universe novels would want out of a show on a streaming service in the future, 
would have looked an awful lot like that. And so, no, so weirdly, all of my fan fiction came to life and I had complicated feelings I, about it. The problem was the way I agree. Like I'm not, I don't have a problem with what the, the bullet points, the bullet points are fine with me. It's the execution that drives me nuts. And then again, also it's like, and also too, like with just on the, to pay, harp on the VFX is like, I have friends in the VFX business who I love and are great people, but they're still stuck in the nineties with what you can do. Like, well, we just use, we'll use this version. We'll use this 20 year later version of this to do this. And it's like, that's old. That doesn't work as well as it could. There's new AI and ML ways to do this stuff is better. And I know VFX supervisors and they just, they don't just like they had to just like Pixar had to sneak its way into the house of mouse to revolutionize Disney. Cause the animators at Disney rejected Pixar didn't want to use their technology. The higher ups were like, well, let's see what we can do. And now Pixar runs Disney animation with VFX. This was a generation like we should be using computers to do stuff, guys. And now people are like, you should be using ML and deepfake and AI to do stuff. We're like, oh, no, we're fine. We, we still need to have artists controlling these things and doing this stuff. They and already you know characters. how to do this one thing. Yeah. Uh, th th there was a project where um, I, I was pitching an idea and it involved a character where uh, uh, Wheel of Death or something was spun or whatever. And it would, it, yes, it would be in character to have this character throw a knife and have it land somewhere on the Wheel of Death. And the obvious solution was, well, we already know how to just set things up so somebody pretends to throw a dagger and then, you know, one pops out and it looks as mm -hmm. though it landed there. And it's like, yeah, but, but to, uh, from my perspective, I, I was like, or we could very easily have an actual wheel spin and then have it just happen to land on a thing. Now, one of those involves, you know, everybody engaging in a suspension of disbelief. The other uses, happens to use the thing that you already know how to do. But, and, and so if, uh, there, there was some back and forth in there. So uh, my, my point being, I totally get the whole like, yeah, but we know how to do it this way. And, 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 and but they don't. the inertia that, 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 that pulls you into. But but they don't. It always gets criticized because it fails. And then when they did, when they did, you know, the Rogue One, Leia, right? And it looked like crap. You know, you do, you, you know, excuse me. Video deep fakers went out and said, "Here's how to do it better," and it was much better. The Tarkin. They said, oh, "Here's how to do Tarkin better," and it came out with Tarkin. This looks better. We know this thing because it fails. It always, it's all, all those times always failed before. And there's been a method for five years now that does it better. And then they do something in Mandalorian and they use the same old crappy method that looks like garbage. And I just dread having to watch the Disney plus Mandalorian behind the scenes. So they clap themselves on the back saying how great it does. It took one dude 24 hours to do a better job. And he was available. You could have got him, whatever, but some VFX supervisor, somebody out there is like, didn't even give it. If you, I guarantee you, if Sean Favreau had the chance to see, we could do it this way or do it this way. Which do you want? Favreau would have chosen the deep fake version. Uh, What's funny is all the things I want to talk about have nothing to do with the execution and all have to do with like um, whatever scene we're talking about, uh, how objectively that is a terrible person to be put into that role. <laughs> like quite literally of everyone in the galaxy, that's the person I would trust the least given a 
tangible track record, but that's neither here nor there. That's all storytelling. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, you know, their daycare operator license hadn't been established yet. <laughs> yeah, and nobody knew last... at the time. Which only makes it and... worse, knowing the abuse that was happening at that daycare. <laughs> but he never went there. That's the thing. Because remember, he never went to that daycare. So the other, the, the who you would have gone to went to that daycare, and they were horrible. Yeah. They were horrible daycare owners. So he may have been the best choice because God knows that other one was awful. He was homeschooled. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> And they had the illegal paintings of Mickey and Minnie on the wall, and Disney said, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. Oh, God. I, I want to I know who wrote that letter. Uh, what, the C&D letter? Was, or? The, yeah, the, like, there was a daycare that had like Disney characters painted on it. Oh, yeah, those are uh, Disney, yeah. just the real things. Yeah. Yeah, and then, if only and then, there like, was a word for soulless, soul-sucking figure. Uh, the lawyers, attorneys, <laughs> that's what they are. Yeah, but yeah. somebody, I wasn't... But someone has to put that on paper. Is uh, Yeah, somebody had to drive by there and say, well, I'm going to tell I'm going to contact my friend at Disney Legal to tell them to... I'm not actually a vampire. I'm more of a para-vampire. I just work <laughs> for vampires and make sure to put out all of their soul-sucking <laughs> letters on their behalf. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are people that you know go to bars and stuff. Like they look like you know that's a little different. Like they look to like to see if like you know they're not paying their their ASCAP oh, licenses and stuff. Yeah, my ASCAP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyhow, fun times. Yeah. Uh, what are your picks? Uh, man, I don't know that I have anything new. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about Slay the Spire, but uh, but that was oh. a good recommendation. I've I continue to give it a try, but but yeah. it, it suffers from because there's an element of chance every every um, uh, tournament you play, kind of against yourself. It's mm -hmm. like three every or run. four rounds end. I'm like, well, this is a bummer tournament. I might as well restart again. Um, so that I, it, yeah. and you kind of. Each of the classes, it's a it's a run based deck building game, and each of the classes have different um, kind of methods, different kind of um, uh, I don't know what you would call them niches. You kind of have to work into types, yeah, yeah, based on how you draw, and that's that's just something that comes up that that you get a better groove for, like, oh, okay, I'm really getting more 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 blocks, or I'm getting like a fortress build. Oh, I'm actually getting more of an attack kind of an aggressive build, and that's tough because it takes a while for you to build up that kind of callous of like of recognizing what what build you're going to get on any yeah to feed. to speak the language like like in an ideal version you would know all the different ways to play and no matter what you were dealt you would be all like oh yeah yeah okay so i guess it's going to be you know a rainy day i could i could work with that yeah and and like i think one of the nice things about slay the spires there's only four classes like you're not kind of overwhelmed by a lot of different classes that all have a couple of different ways to try stuff. Have you been trying? Yeah, there's basically, um, uh, I only played the, the generic warrior once, mm -hmm. but it's like outside of that, there's like a dude who the does his injury at the end with the poison. Yeah. There's another dude that does his injury at the beginning of each turn with his robot orbs or orbs. whatever. Uh -huh. uh, and then I haven't unlocked the fourth one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, the fourth one they added a few years in. Yeah. Um, and, and those play, if you haven't, if you, oh, I guess... If you haven't, I'd say maybe give those other ones a try to kind of see because the the different colored decks that they have are really different. You know, I, I really I I really like playing the um, the 
the green that that poison deck. Yeah, because I, 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 that that's what I've gravitated towards as well. Because like at some point, it's like you know your job is like just live, and by virtue of showing up, yeah, my radioactivity is gonna destroy you. Mm-hmm. Eat 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 dog poop. But it gets but but it gets tough. There are, you know that that works on some cases, but not all the cases. And so, uh, cool. I'm glad that you're still giving that a try. Yeah. Um, I got a pick. Uh, this is something I played, picked up a couple of days ago uh, called Umurangi Generation. This is on PC. Um, do, you, do you ever play uh, Pokemon Snap? You know Pokemon Snap? Um, this is kind of like if Pokemon Snap took place in like a dystopian, uh, a dystopian world. Uh, you are a photographer in a, uh, I don't know, some sort of occupied city there's not like fighting or anything but you you see like a lot of armed uh un forces around and um it's clear that this is like a strange kind of um i I don't know the world the world of this game is very very weird but what you do is you go each level and you complete uh bounties you take photos of specific things you got to take photo of two cats in the same picture but you got to use a telephoto lens or you got to find a photo where the word gamer is in the same shot seven times or whatever and as you play you unlock different lenses and the ability to like adjust contrast and saturation and um and you can save your your snapshots if you'd like when you take them um i i think it's got some rough edges um but it has a really cool kind of low poly sort of style and i think it's really smart in terms of how it judges your art it they basically explain like, hey, photography is subjective, but we're going to give you points based on how many, how much color you get. Whether or not there was a face visible or whether or not the uh, subject was in focus, that kind of thing. Uh, not even focus. It's like a color. Is there is there a good use of color composition? How does it how do, how do things kind of land in the frame and then content? So how many figures are in it? Um, and is, is, is there a Mavis beacon teaches typing takeaway in terms of like, do you learn about F stops and ISOs and all of that stuff? No, but no, okay. um, it is, it's a little more basic than it's a little more pared down. You know, they, they make a point of like, you take the photo and then you adjust your saturation or your contrast, or your exposure and whatnot. Um, and it kind of begins and ends there. And that's, that's actually kind of a good thing for it because the, the rest of the game is, uh, it's not a super deep game. I mean, you make money. Um, but the money doesn't add up to anything. You just get point. You get equipment based on if you finish all your bonuses and stuff. I, I just think it's got a really interesting style, and and the soundtrack is 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 fantastic. Um, kind of a kind of a electronic hip hoppy kind of sound um, that I think works really well with these kind of gritty urban environments. Um, I and- just read the first two lines of the description. <laughs> Umurangi Generation is a first-person photography game in a SE future. That's amazing. Um, so I don't I, know. Yeah. Not my pick, but Brian, to your point, if you want to learn about photography and f-stops and stuff, I suggest this book. The Working Camera, the world's first pop-up. Yeah, what's great about it, because you're like, oh, but you know what? I need to have a camera in front of me. Yeah. Oh, that's really clever. <laughs> Is that is that and from the is, same guy who we already love his other pop up books or is this a no, different no. one? Th- oh, this okay. is Ron Vandermeer, who was like one of one of the old school original great pop up guys. So oh, that's old awesome. book, but you can still find it. And it's what we're looking at is it's a pop up camera, like a film camera that shows you like there's little film stock inside of there, all the different points, the lenses, what each thing does. There's a great example of like how to. Uh, 
how to like look at like range and stuff. Like there's a a thing that shows a like Oh, it shows the, how uh, an aperture works. An actual yeah, it actually slides. Yeah. yeah. It is wow. as a learning tool, incredible. Like here's this scene mm-hmm. for like a oh, like wow. understanding. Like cool. how a shot's composed, etc., and you can put like different lenses and the setup. You can light that setup. All this, an wow. amazing, amazing. Oh yeah, here's this one here. Like, um. Uh, so we're looking at kind of. Oh my gosh! So, so so you're able to we're we're actually seeing the webcam go right up to the aperture, looking through the the various size of lenses. Yeah. Yeah. Or lens size. Yeah. 50 millimeter, 20, 25 millimeter, and that's, so on. Yeah, so it's, it's a paper camera that's looking at a landscape, and it shows us what's divisible. Yeah, wow. the different, like, as, you, as I just put this slider through there. And so that's cool. what a amazing, it is an amazing book. And I don't know, um, for learning stuff, like I would, it's a lost art, or it's a diminished art that I would love to see more of that kind of thing, of like different ways to teach stuff. It doesn't have to be, all apps, which I love because that's what I know how to make. You can think of a different way to teach a thing. Okay. It's beautiful. Uh, cool. And it's called what? The working camera. The working camera. The world's first pop-up guide to photography. Okay. Now I can see doing a thing in VR. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, get like a buy used one or whatever, like see what you can get there. But uh, I could see a VR version of like, let me show you old school camera. But to the point, Bryce, that game you showed me, yeah. I don't know if I would ever play it, but I love that. I love that the game is go around taking photos in this very interesting environment and you're judged by this. And there have been other photography. It's a premise games, but that, yeah. I love that we live in this world where indie creators, and I don't know if I made this point before. I think we might do an entirely and after things. I maybe want to talk next week about cyberpunk versus among us. Oh, and, sure. You know, the game that we thought everybody would be talking about right now, well, it is cyberpunk, but for wrong reasons. The game nobody thought we'd be talking about, you know, from last year was Among Us. And, right. and we live in this dual world, which is great. But uh, my pick, my pick is a simple pick, and it's a repeat pick, and I say this a lot. Had the vacation, had Christmas vacation, which means for most of us is... I had time, you know, same as less people bothering me for most people wanting my attention. Mm-hmm. I've been coding a lot, doing a lot of different stuff. And one of the things I'd been avoiding was uh, I have done a little bit in React, which is, you know, a framework, a library for like working in JavaScript and building web pages. A lot of stuff you interact with on the web is React stuff, web pages that are, you know, websites made with React. It was created by Facebook, but it's an open platform you can do stuff with. And I said, you know what? Let me just sit down. I built a thing, a cool kind of tool thing. And I'm like, I built it in sort of just regular JavaScript. I'm like, time to sort of dig in and really grasp React. Mm-hmm. So I rebuilt the thing entirely from the ground up in React just to learn all the things and to do this. I, I really, really, not everybody needs to learn to code. Let me make it very clear. But if you're trying to figure out your place in this world, and you're trying to figure out what you want to do, and you have a lot of energy, learn to code. Learn to code. Because I have watched, in the last six months, I've watched multiple people create million-dollar businesses out of nothing but code. Just sit down, 
great physicists say there's a problem I can solve and I can build a thing to solve it and make things that didn't exist before and raise millions of dollars. I've watched this not once, I've watched this twice, maybe three times in the last six months from people I interact with go from nothing to having businesses they built. Now, these are all clever, motivated people. There's a lot of clever, motivated people out there going, what do I do? And coding, coding doesn't mean your life becomes then you have to code for the rest of your life. You know, you know, you can be a carpenter and then you can learn how to hire other carpenters. You can be a baker, then you, you, can, you can be a chef and then have a restaurant. You can, it's this entry point to do stuff. And if you're inclined or you ever thought, maybe I want to, OMG, learn. Because it's like you, you look, it's like a magical power. When you can just, oh, I need to build a thing for this. Oh, I'll build this up. I know how to put it on a server. Boom, now here's the thing people can use. Oh, I need to build a thing and there are things. So if you want to build things and make things, consider coding. Nice. Right on. So many, it's so easy, like YouTube videos, everything. It's just, it's, 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 uh, you know, and I've got, once I started, I think I mentioned this before, like the month that I first, like a month or so after I'd first started, you know, sort of like four years ago, I started getting job offers. You know, people didn't know that I was a writer, didn't know anything about me. I talked to people at parties, I thought I built this thing, whatever. And I'd be like, oh, wow, you know, and it was because I built things. I'd say build things, build things, build things. So um, that's my thing. YouTube, learn things. A novel prediction. It's H T T P colon. Now, is there, a, is there an S in this one? All right. Is there an S in this one? All right. All right, gentlemen. It's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.